Monday, November 8th, 7.45am. Woken at the crack of dawn by Farty yelling and carrying on downstairs, he was singing, The boys are back in town, the boys are back in town, yes! How's that to the boys? A genius! It turns out some fool has offered him a job. He's going to be in charge of waterworks or something. I said, we better dig a well then. But M and V were too busy snogging each other to hear me. Oh, like a pongos. Also, they seem to be failing to notice that they do not exist for me. Farty was unbearable at breakfast, wearing his dressing gown slung round his shoulders like a sort of prize fighter and lifting Libby above his head with one hand. Actually, that bit was quite funny, because she clung onto the overhead lamp and wouldn't let go, and he very nearly lost his temper. I think he must be in some sort of hormonal middle-age thing, because his moods are very unpredictable. One minute it's all jokes, the next minute you ask him for a measly fiver and he goes ballistic. Weird. 8.15am, met Jazz. She said, I told Robbie what you told me to, but I still don't understand why you had to rush off. Dad had got his balaclava on. Oh, right, I see. Yeah. And alarmingly, she seemed quite satisfied. That is the trouble with telling people porkies. It is so easy. Should I confess about Dave the Laugh? Jazz was my best friend. We knew everything about each other. I, for instance, had seen her knickers. But on the other hand, she could be a terrible pain about morals and stuff. She might say it wasn't very nice of me, as Ellen was my friend, etc., etc. Hmm. I'll think about it later. In the next life. French, 1.30pm. The whole school has gone bonkers. Our new substitute French teacher turns out to be a David Ginola look-alike. Honestly, he's bloody gorgeous. When he walked in, even Rosie stopped plucking her eyebrows. Monsieur, please call me Henri, has got sort of longish hair and really tight blue jeans. We are keen as la moutarde on French now. Anytime he asks anything, everyone puts up their hand. I can't remember the last time I saw anyone put up their hand in French. Usually we put our heads on our desks for a little snooze and just let our arms flop over if we are supposed to be answering anything. It's our little way of letting Madame Slack know how interested we are in Patapouf and Clicquot, or whatever sad French people she's talking about. Break. 2.30pm. And it isn't just us. You should see the teachers. I even saw Hawkeye giggling when she was talking to... Please call me Henri. The saddest of all is Herr Kalmeyer, who has gone completely giddy at having another man in the building. Unfortunately, his idea of bonding involves a lot of spasmodic dithering about and saying, Oh yeah, oh yeah, sehr interesting, Henri. When Monsieur Henri opened the staff room door for Miss Wilson, her tragic 70s bob nearly fell off. They're all being pathetic, pretending to be interested in garlic and Edith Piaf and so on. Sad. I, of course, as anyone who knows me will tell you, have always loved La Belle France. 4.10pm. I said to Jazz on the way home, I have always emmed La Belle France. You said you didn't like it because it was full of French people. Well, there is that. But apart from that, I am it very much. Dinner time, 6pm. I said to Mutti, Can we have wine with our fish fingers like they do in La Belle France? She just said, Don't be ridiculous. 6.20pm. Fati is bringing Angus home from the vet tonight. Libby and me have made a hospital bed sort of thing out of his cat basket and some old blankets. Libby put one-eyed Teddy in it as well. He'll be so sad, and probably in agony. He will be a facsimile of a sham of his former cathood. He will just be like other cats now, 
not the magnificent half-cat, half-Labrador that he used to be. I said to Mutti, I hope it will not put you off your beauty regime, having Angus's trouser snake addenders on your conscience. 7.30pm. <laughs> Angus leapt out of his cat cage and immediately attacked Farty's trousers. When Dad went to put the car in the garage, Angus shot out into the garden and over the wall. I heard Snowy and Whitey yapping and Mr Next Door yelling, Happy days! My bedroom, 7.50pm. Although it's a laugh having the French heartthrob around, it hasn't quite taken my mind off my unfaithfulness with Dave the Laugh. I don't know what to do. Am I the only person who has a secret red bottom? Oh, I have such guiltosity. 8pm. How can I concentrate on my French homework, even if I had remembered to bring it home from school with me? In my book about not sweating the small stuff, it says, Don't keep your pain a secret, rang Jazz. Even she's quite swoony about Henri. He's quite, you know, handsome, isn't he, in a, in a French way. I said, mais oui, très sportif. Uh, but lots of les garçons are, aren't they? It's natural at our age to be attracted to good-looking guys. Jazz was raving on, unaware of my secret pain. No, I don't think so. It's only Tom for me. He's my one and only hunky. Good Lord, I went on. Yeah, but you said Henri was quite handsome. I know, but that's just fantasy, isn't it? I wouldn't dream of doing anything about it. Ah, yes, but what if, for instance, it was hot and you thought he was going to say he loved you and then you noticed he was wearing a false red nose? What then? She pretended to not know what I was talking about. I must bear my secret burden of pain alone. Quel dommage. One thing is for sure, I must never speak to Dave the Laugh again. I must eschew him with a firm hand. 9pm. Dave the Laugh rang. Oh, he said. Georgia, I just rang to say, don't worry about anything. I know how weird you can get, but it's okay. We just had a laugh. No one needs to know anything about it. We can be mates. Don't worry, Mrs. Mad. Crikey, how grown up is that? Scarily grown up. He's right, though. I am just too sensitive for my own good. I should relax. It was just a little kiss. 9.05pm. A lip nibble with a hint of tongues. But that is all. 11.05pm. I wonder what number on the snogging scale nip-libbling should be. 11.10pm. Emergency snogging scale update. Number one. Holding hands. Two. Arm around. Three. Goodnight kiss. Four. Kiss lasting over three minutes without a breath. Five. Open mouth kissing. Six. Tongues. Six and a quarter. Nip-libbling. Six and a half. Ear snogging. Seven, upper body fondling, outdoors. Eight, upper body fondling, indoors. Nine, below waist activity, BWA. Ten, the full Monty. Midnight. wonder if it's possible to have two boyfriends. I mean, times are changing. Relationships are more complicated. In France, men always have mistresses and wives and so on. Henri probably has two girlfriends. He would laugh if you told him you just had the one. He would say, c'est très, très tragique. So, if he can have two, I could have two. What is good for Lagander must be bon for la goose, or si, je pense. Oh, murd. But would I want Robbie to have another girlfriend? No! Tuesday, November the 9th, 7.50am. Angus is amusing himself by ambushing the postman. Okay, they may have taken his trouser snake addendums, but they cannot take his freedom. Walking to school with jazz. 
8.30am. Jazz was having a bit of fringe trouble. That is, she'd cut it herself and made herself look like Richard II. So she was even more vague than normal. She just went, fringe fiddle, fringe fiddle. I was going to have to kill her in a caring way. Oh, the burden of guilt. I wanted to shout out, OK, I have nip libbled with Dave the Laugh, kill me now. But I didn't. German. 10.20am. In the spirit of European Watsit, and also because I had finished painting my nails, I asked Herr Kammeyer what was German for snogging. He went amazingly dithery and read. At first he pretended not to know what snogging meant, but when Rosie and Jules started puckering up and blowing kisses at him, he got the message. Anyway, it's called frontal knutschen. As we left class, I said to Rosie, I rest my case vis-à-vis -vis the German people. I will never knutsch any of them. French, 1.30pm. When Jackie Bummer went up to collect her homework, she stood so close to Henri that she was practically resting her nungenungs on his head. If he had had the misfortune to have seen her in her sports knickers as I have, he would have been away laughing on a fast camel, or, as Henri would say, away laughing on la vite camel. Oh, I am thinking about Dave the Laugh again. Merde. 6pm. Robbie phoned to say he really likes me. Yay. He's going down to London. Boo. For his meeting vis-à-vis -vis becoming a huge star. Hooray! A huge star with a really great girlfriend. 6.10pm. I went into the kitchen to have a cheesy snack to celebrate. Angus was having a ziz in his basket. Even though he is no longer fully intact trouser snake-wise, he's very cheerful. He was purring like a bulldozer. When I gave him one of his kitty treats, he almost decapitated my hand. Libby wanted a kitty treat as well. I said, they're not for human beings, Libby. I like human beans. Yes, but give me human beans as well. I had to give her one. Then the loon leader came in and said, who are all these mystery boys then that keep phoning you? I went, <laughs> which in anybody except an absolute fool's language means it is none of your business and I will be sick on your slippers if you go on. Farty, of course, didn't get it. He raved on. Why don't you bring them round here for us to meet? On and on and on about it. I said, as I've said many, many times, I have to be going now. My bedroom, 8pm. Everyone gone out. I've got so much revision and so on, it will be a relief to really get down to it. 8.05pm. Oh, blimey, O'Reilly's pantyhose. What is the point of Shakespeare? I know he is a genius and so on, but he does rave on. What light doth through yonder window break? It's the bloody moon, for God's sake, we'll get a grip. Phoned Rosie. The sex god has to go to London and see the record company people and discuss making an album. I don't mean to boast, but I have to. Not only am I the girlfriend of a sex god, I am now going to be fantastically rich. Fab, Grooseville, Arizona. You're going to be living in an all-white penthouse with parrots. Sometimes I really worry about my friends. Parrots? Then I could hear in the background. Parrots? Parrots, oh yeah! Sven seemed really interested in these bloody parrots, my new flatmates. Rosie said, hang on a minute. Her massive Norwegian boyfriend always seems to be around her house. That is because she has very, very nice parents who go out a lot. I could hear kissing noises and giggling, a sort of Norwegian parrot thing. When she came back, Rosie said, 
Sven says, can we come and live with you in your groovy London pad? No. Fair enough. 11pm. I won't let my newfound happiness with a famous pop star spoil me, though. And I definitely want my own career, using one of my many talents. Hmm. What career combines being able to apply makeup and innovative trouser snake dancing? I could be a heavily made-up girl backing dancer. Wednesday, November 10th, Biology, 1.30pm. I can do a magnificent impression of a bolus of food being passed along the alimentary canal. Mrs Hawkins said it was terrifyingly realistic. So I'll probably get top marks in blodge and become... Mm, what is it you become when you do biology? A bloke with a beard ferreting around in swamps. Maybe I'll stick with the backing dancer idea. 10pm. I had to go to bed because Farty was singing, I will always love you, by Whitney Useless. 11pm. Just nodding off when I heard this noise at my window. I opened it and looked out, and there below me was the sex god. He'd got Angus in his arms as well. Oh, he blew me a kiss when I opened the window and said, Come down. I put on my coat and my gym jams and had just a second to remember my emergency sex god drill. Lip gloss, comb idiot hair, sucking nostrils, before I crept downstairs and opened the door. The olds were all still up in the front room, singing the national anthem only to a reggae beat. I suspect a few barrels of vino tinto had been drunk. Robbie gave me a really dreamy long kiss when I came out. Then Angus started yowling, so I quickly shoved him into the kitchen and went out into the night again. I whispered, it's very nippy noodles, isn't it? Robbie looked at me like I was half insane and half bonkers. Which I am, so he's not wrong there. Shut up, Rain! We went down to the bottom of the garden. It was lovely, all quiet and the stars out above us. We snogged under the stars for ages. It was weird, actually, because after a while, I couldn't tell where I ended and he began. Which you would think was a bit confusing, especially if you were trying to get dressed. I liked it. A lot. In bed, midnight. He has gone to London without me. Thursday, November 11th, 8.30am. Still, life carries on. Tests to be done. Serious things to be thingied. Today, we've decided on Operation La Belle France. The whole gang went to school wearing our berets like Les Francais and also with our collars on our coats turned up. Rosie even brought a bunch of onions for Henri, which in my personal opinion is taking things just that little bit too far. He was all groovy and smiley and said, Merci, mademoiselle. I will make the délicieusement soup à l'oignon ce soir, and I will think of you when I eat it. Which is a plus and a minus in my book. Très bon to be thought of by Henri, but not so bon to be associated with onions. He said it all in Le Francais, and I knew what it meant. I smiled at him to let him know that I knew what it meant. 11am. The French test didn't seem all that difficult. We have got Henri fever badly. All this morning, we wandered around going, ho he ho he ho he ho in a French accent. I wish I knew why. He just had to. PE, 1.30pm. I think even Miss Stamp might be on the turn because of Henri. I could have sworn she's had a shave. Break, 2.30pm. Ellen and me were sitting on the radiator near the vending machine. In these cold autumn days, it's quite pleasant having toasty knickers. 
I said to Ellen with great casualosity, How's it going with you and um, Dave the Laugh? She said, Quite cool. What does that mean? I tell you what it means. It means that he hasn't told her about our accidental snog. I may live to snog another day. Fish party. Saturday, November 13th, 11am. Very, very bad snogging and sex god withdrawal. Midday. Even though I'm not in the mood for shopping because I am so sad and lonely, I forced myself to ask Mum for a fiver and made an effort to go out. Rosie, Jules, Ellen and Jazz and me met in Luigi's as normal and then went off to Miss Selfridge. On the way there we had to go through the town centre and we were just walking along all linked up when we saw Dave the Laugh with Rollo and a couple of other mates. Uh-oh. Dave the Laugh said, Hi, dream chicks. He's a very fit-looking boy. It's funny that even though, of course, I was really sorry, honestly, Jesus, about the red bottom business, it was always nice to see him. I never feel like such a stupid loon around him as I do with the sex god. We were close to Jennings, the greengrocer's, where Tom works, so Jazz had to pop in to see her so-called boyfriend. I said, ask him if he's got any firm legume. But she didn't pay any attention to me. Ellen was being really girly around Dave and flicking her hair about. They were chatting and I was pretending to be looking at things with Rosie. But really, I wanted to know what Dave the Laugh was saying to Ellen. I still didn't know if they were official snogging partners. The lads went off and Dave gave Ellen a little kiss on her cheek. It made me feel a bit funny, actually. I don't know why. 3pm. Ellen was all stupid for the rest of the afternoon. She's going to the cinema tonight, so she said she had to go home to get ready. I said to Rosie, So, are they an item, then? Rosie said, I know that she thinks he's really cool, but she won't tell me what number they've got up to. She says it's private. I said, that's pathetic. And Rosie said, I know, but I'll keep my beadies on them tonight at the cinema and see if I can tell. It turns out that everyone, Jazz, Tom, Rosie, Sven, Ellen and Dave, Jules and Rollo and a few more couples, is going out together tonight. Everyone, that is, besides me. Mid. I'm a goose gog in my own country. 3.30pm, phone jazz. I am a goose gog in my own country. I'll come along tonight, then. I can't. We'll all be having a snogging fest. Don't worry. I'll just stay in while my best mates all go out together. She said, oh, OK, then. See you later. Charming and typico. 8pm. Sex god phoned. Ooh. The record company wants to sign them up. They're going along to this big music industry party tonight at some trendy club. Midnight. I am a pop widow. Sunday, November 14th, lunchtime, 1.10pm. Phoned Rosie. She said, Bonjour, my petite pal. What are you doing? Having an ABBA afternoon. I'm wearing my mum's old crochet bikini and Sven, Sven, careful of that glass chandelier. In the background, I could hear all this clattering and... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I said, what is Sven doing? He's juggling. Of course he is. Why do I ask? 2pm. Jazz is swatting with her boyfriend again. No one will play with me. They're all doing their homework. Hmm. 8pm. Alarmingly, I found myself in my room doing some French homework. Even Dad came to the door to look. This is a new sign of my maturiosity. Also, 
I must make sure I can order things in Paris when I'm travelling over there with the band. I would feel like a fool if I didn't even know how to order mascara. Monday, November the 15th, French, 1.30pm. Hmm. Henri gave us back our test papers, and I had come top! All the ace crew looked at me in amazement. Jules said, Sacre bloody bleu! But Henri gave me a really dishy smile. He said, This is very, very well done, mademoiselle. Blimey, O'Reilly's trousers. He's quite literally gorgeous. If I wasn't the girlfriend of a sex god and also dying to go to the piddly diddly department, I would have snogged him on the spot.